the VC show. Let's go. Welcome to the VC show presented by Caesar Sportsbook on Omaha Audio. I'm Vince Carter alongside, you know who it is, Roz Godon Woode. Hey, Roz, we got a good one. Like, we got a good one for everybody today. Not only can he hoop, he's a basketball savant. He's a guy that is loved by many. Jamal Crawford is on the way. Jamal Crawford is on the way. What you think? I was, I'm so excited. I'm happy enough to be here every week and do this show with you. Now we got right. Maul coming on. Man, man. This, it, it doesn't get any better than this. It's a great day. It's a great day. It's a great day. <laughs> Joining the VC show is a true legend of the game, a three-time six-man of the year, the only player to drop 50 points on four different franchises, four different squads. He's your favorite Hoopers favorite hooper actually he's a basketball savant he's a basketball savant vc and he's emmy nominated for his journalism work i mean basically i've been at this 10 years and he already got an emmy nomination um he is a great friend to the show a wonderful person beyond the game um jamal crawford is here thank you so much for joining us jamal Uh, i know you i know you're with your son right now thank you Roz, that was a heck of an introduction. I don't even know where we go from here, but that was a heck of an introduction. So thank you so much. I'm honored to be on the VC show. And quick part, real quick. When I saw that Vince Carter actually hit me to be on the show, I ain't gonna lie, I told my friend, like, Vince Carter takes me, dog. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm, I'm always a fan, and when Stop Vince, this, I swear man. to God, I was, at the Mariners, I was at the Mariners game throwing out the first pitch, and Vince Carter hit me to be on the show. I was honored. Yo, that's what Love everybody God, says. Man. That's what I, when I, when he hit me like, yo, do you want to co-host? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, Vince, but Vince, why'd you want Jamal on the show then? I mean, this it's a no brainer for me. I've known Jamal for a long time. Even if our battles with, when I was with the Nets, he was with the Knicks and all of these times, but just over years, man, just like you said, he's a savant. He's a great person. Uh, you know, we were on, uh, we've been on different, uh, platforms just talking basketball. And I was like, all right, First guest, there's a couple of people I had in mind, but I was like, man, I, 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 Ma, I, I know what you bring to the table obviously on the court, and I think it's a treat for, for people who have not heard you uh, really give your side or talk about the game like you do. So I really thank you for being available. I know what you're doing, you're coaching, but thank you for being on the show, blessing us as our first guest. Man, so much respect, VC. And, and the crazy part about you is everybody is always the first part, they think of the dunks, right? And then they're like, man, but then the threes, but now that you're in this space and I'm watching you on ESPN, I'm watching you do all these wonderful things, I'm watching you now on your own show, you're giving people a window into your world of why you were so good for so long. It wasn't just the athleticism, your brain, your basketball brain, the way you play, the way you see the game. And it's an honor, man, it's an honor. I can't wait to jump in. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Let's do it. You know what? I heard the, the buzzer in the back. Jamal, uh, fill us in where you are. You're, <laughs> you're coaching right now. What's going on? I'm in the middle of Washington, Centralia, Washington. It's probably like an hour and a half drive from Seattle. In the middle of nowhere coaching. It's my passion. I didn't know that I would be a coach. I've gotten offers to be in NBA coaching or college coaching or NBA front offices. But I was like, nah, I love talking the game, obviously. But I, I never knew I had the passion to actually coach the game, especially kids. And I was the parent that I was good just keeping the scoreboard. I'm like, I'm cool over here. I can keep score. I can play the I'm straight. But the fact I got bit by the bug and now we have practice plans, we have film sessions, mm-hmm. we have so many different things for these guys that, that I know they'll remember and appreciate, especially along their journey later on in life. Real quick, I want to add to that because Jamal's basketball mind, you know, should be on the NBA level. 
So the treat is for these kids to get coaching, prep work, film work as we did in the NBA. Right. And that's just our approach, and that's what's in us. And now these kids get that. So as they move on in high school, in college, and, of course, get to the pros, it becomes second nature for them. And that's a huge advantage to some of the kids who don't have that. Now, I'm not saying other coaches aren't great, but they don't have that. And that's important, understanding how to watch film to get better by watching film. Because it's easy to have our boys tell us how good we did and how good we did. Yeah, absolutely right. We all know. All of us have played the game. We know the film don't lie. Ever. That eye in the sky don't lie, VC. And I always tell parents, like, I've, every time we go on a trip, I always make sure we do something. So we rent out the suite to go to the Portland Trailblazers game. For some of them, it was their first NBA game in person because we don't have the Sonics here. So when we were in L.A., we rented out Dave and & Buster's. And those things are really, really cool. But I said the coolest thing about being on this team is the knowledge you get. It's myself. I had two guys who actually played D1 basketball. So where these kids want to go and along their basketball journey, we're trying to plant a solid foundation, right? And that's what we're doing for them. And, and I said the knowledge you get is the coolest thing about being on this team. Yeah, we're going to get attention, but that's short term. If you want to do this for real, this long-term information you'll get will carry you the rest of your basketball journey. And I'm loving this just listening to y'all because I see two fathers, you know, I see I see two black fathers, um, you know, putting in the time and Vince on another podcast had told me about going to volleyball games and cheering on his kid. Yeah. And you're here. Hey, I'm a baseball coach yeah. now. Like, I'm, see, I'm all see. in. I'm all and, and Jamal in. his son's team. I'm just curious, like, what that's like for y'all to have been the, the most elite of athletes. And then here you guys are as fathers you know, trying to bring up kids and maybe they are as talented as you or maybe they're not, you know, just bringing them along their personal journey. And VC would be the first to tell you, like, their schedules are our schedules. Now. <laughs> Everything's based around them. You may be an Uber driver. It may be your day to bring snacks after soccer. So their schedule is our schedule. And to go back to Vince, it's amazing he played as long as he did, but you can't be, you can't play that long without being a good person as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because you, you meet so many different people and it's a small league. Oh, what's this guy like in the locker room? What's this guy like? Is he about his team? So you can't play that long as well if you burn bridges. And he always did things the right way. So seeing him as a father and his family and everything, it's no mistake or surprise he's as successful as he is doing other things away from the game. And I, I try to take a page out that book as well. Thank you, man. Thank I'm you. A, this might be too personal. But I'm going to go no, there. Never. I'm going to go this, there. This is family. Yeah. We're family it, here. It really feels that way. I feel very – I love both <laughs> of y'all so much. Um, you know how as players, every year you added to your game or worked on something or got right. better? Where are y'all in your father game right now? And what are the things that, you know, you, you feel like, okay, this is my strength as a dad. And maybe also I'm working on some things, you know, in, in, in this role. Especially now that you have more time. I'll go first. I'll go first because I know uh, I'm, I'm constantly learning and working – uh, it's approach. I mean, because I, you know, I, it, it's 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 how you deliver information. Because you know, it, it's 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 a different way to deliver as you get older in different stages. And sometimes it's like, come on, man. I was like, oh yeah, they young, 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 yeah, young, right. Young, <laughs> a lot of patience. And, and yeah, it's, it takes a lot of patience. And and but at the same time, like I, I've just learned to embrace the moment, be in the moment. Like I, I'm like I said, I'm a baseball coach. I play. Uh, for a little bit, but I was there, like you said, Mar, I was there as a dad, right. and I was there at, at practices helping out. Next thing you know, hey, you know, you can help field. Yep. Hey, you can yep. help That's this. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm in the dugout. I'm, I'm in charge of the the lineup, making sure kids get the gear on. I'm like, what yep. has happened yep. here? And, and it's just it's just a great thing. And the same thing, you know, with volleyball, my daughter, Otis, you know, it's crazy seeing her getting being recruited. So I'm going through that mm -hmm. process as as a dad now, and and got the opportunity to go to, on an unofficial visit 
visited Chapel Hill, wow. which blew my wow. mind because the last time wow. I was there, it was me it was being you. recruited yeah, by the great Dean wow. Smith. So I walk in there and it gives me chills right now because Full it's like, circle. she's sitting there and he's not talking to me. He's talking to her right. about, you know, potentially coming in to play volleyball and, and, and just sitting there. And that volleyball coach was actually there when I was a student athlete. Wow. So it was just, it was just crazy to see her sit there. And I was sitting back watching her like, you know, not trying not to tear up, but just watching like, bro. Wow. Now it's like full circle. Now somebody else is being recruited like this in, my, in family. Whether she goes there or not, it's just, it was an unbelievable moment. Yeah, and for me, to add on to what Vince said, obviously patience, but for me it's time. T-I-M-E. I think they know when you're present. You know, so even when I'm there, I'm not picking up my phone often. I'm not doing, like, they, they want to know that we're locked in. They'll do something and look to see if I was watching, you know, just to see if those eyes are upon them. So it's time. It's time. Yes. It really is. And it, I'm fully invested in this. Nothing comes before that. And I'm just proud of our relationship and how it's grown. You know what I mean? And in every sense of the word, because like you said, now I'm tired, I'm here even more. So I'm, I'm picking up, I'm dropping off, I'm doing everything that you would do if I wasn't gone all those times. So it's, it's making up time and it's amazing because now you look back like, man, I, I would never want to be without this time again. I'm glad I retired when I did. I'm glad it went like it went because I've missed a lot of time already. I don't want to miss any more time. But you deserve to be on that court though. I'm just saying. Thank you, thank you. you, you still, okay, uh, hey, v, okay. Hey, I still got okay. game, V, I promise. I know you. that. I still can go. I know that. I, just like you, I, I know can that. still do it for sure. I know this, and I need. And I'm glad it's out there. So I'm gonna throw this one at y'all, and I'm gonna start with you, Jamal. Do you have closure around your career? I do now, but it took a while to get there. Um, what the kids don't know is, I may have needed them as more as they needed me, because I was like, I was so hell bent on working out every single day, and the call didn't come. Why didn't it come? What did I do? I just won team of the year two years ago. I just averaged 31 for a month. I just had 50 off the bench. Like, what did I do? So I spent a year and a half, you know, and I'm gonna be honest, some days you're depressed. Some days you're happy because you think it's gonna come. You try to stay positive. And then some days you just don't get it. It was hard for me to watch basketball for a while. When I threw myself fully into the team and the kids, it, it helped give me closure. I was like, I don't want to miss any of these things. Like, this is the best thing in the world. And that's where the closure came from with these kids. So I'm very, very thankful. I turned down NBA front office jobs. I turned down NBA coaching. I turned down uh, even doing TV work where I had to move, especially this first year, just for the kids. Absolutely. Wow, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, for me, I, I think, yes, I do have closure. Uh, it, it, was, it was actually easy, Roz and, and Maul, because the pandemic was, was <laughs> great timing for me. Oh, yeah. It was an unfortunate situation, yeah. how it happened. But it was great timing because when I, I I'm, I'm thankful to this day that I took, I, I actually allowed myself to go back in the game because originally I said, no, I didn't want to go back in the game. I was like, oh, you know, two weeks, you know, like they said, some, if, if, a, if a, somebody it gets it two weeks for sure. And then I was like, oh, we'll go back. And then about a minute and a half left, I was like, uh, Dwayne Dedman said, hey, OG, this might be your last game. And, I, and that's when it hit me like, you know what? All right. Let's go back in. And coach looked at me. He's like, go in. So it was like, all right, Cole. All right. Now, now Trey was like, yo, we're going to get you. First, he was like, yo, we're going to set it up for a dunk. I was like, no, <laughs> no, you know how long I've been sitting over here? No, sir. But, but I was, he said, all right, we're going to set up a play for you and shoot it. So it was just cool for me. I was like, all right, man, take it and make it. Shoot it like, like, you know, like you do. And I was thankful not only to see the shot going that I went, I was able to get back in the game and, and, and take my last shot and make it. And I think that gave me closure, even though it wasn't, it, it was unsure because the pandemic, once everything happened, we're away. 
We're figuring out the bubble. Mm-hmm. How many teams are going to go? Mm-hmm. And remember, originally they said, oh, all 30 teams are going. I'm like, all right, cool. Surprise. And then it, they backed off and said just 22. And obviously the Hawks did not make it. So at that time, I was golfing. You know, I'm a golfer. <laughs> yes, so golfing. you are. And that, and that took my mind away from, from basketball just because I'm like, all right, it's over. We're not going. And then I started working on TV. Mm. So before I actually signed, I started going back. I did some work with uh, with, with Turner. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing some work with ESPN. So I'm already in a different mind frame, a different mode. And basketball was put aside. Now, once I started sitting courtside calling games, that's when the two yeah. tests hit me. Like, <laughs> how, do, how am I going to feel about this right. now? How am right. I going to feel? And it was nothing. I think I, I, I got it out of me. And uh, I, I, I made the right decision. <laughs> Ross, can I add on to that? Yeah. To be honest with you, I knew Vince was going to make that last shot. And the reason I knew he was, the circumstances weren't in his favor. He had been sitting. He was cold. <laughs> this is a fact. But he's been so good to the game. Guy was going to smile on him. He was like Magic in the All-Star game. He was going to make his last right. shot. Right. I knew he was going to make his last shot. And it was not easy. Like, I'm telling you, 20,000 people, the pressure of making that shot, Vince was going to make that shot. God already wrote it out. It was going to make it. But it was just amazing to watch it in real time. Like, wow, everything he's given to the game, the people he's inspired around the world, not just in the country, around the world. Yeah. Like, it was like, here, this is it. This is the perfect way to go out. Well, me and you are similar like that because I definitely think, like, the energy begets itself. No, I'm very in tune. No, there's no guys, doubt. They bring there's it back no to you if you're putting it out there the right way yep. on the court. Uh, and if you play in the he game He never cheated the, right the game. Mm-mm. That was the way it's supposed to go. Exactly. So, okay. And that was my, my, that was my motivation, never cheat the game. Right. Let me let me sneak one more in, and this is something I'm always fascinated by. And I'll, I'll get out of y'all's hair, but um, <laughs> I'm just how does how does retirement hit? I'm gonna ask, tell you why I'm asking, or how do you know when? Because I I, be, I I think it was Chris Weber who told me once he was like it wasn't for him it wasn't gradual. It was like from one season and off season to the next. He was like boom. Couldn't keep up the same way. Didn't have the same. It was just like one off season and boom, it changed. Did, have have you? Well, I think for both of y'all, it was a little bit different. Like it wasn't quite like that because you both could have kept yeah. going. And- yeah, and for me, um, and Vince knows this. When you're in the mentor role, once you're up there and been in the league for a while, I don't want to say up there in age, but once you've been in the league for a while they put you in a box like, oh, he's not doing what he could do because he's older. It's like, no, you're asking me to lead and sacrifice and almost be a coach in uniform and help these young guys get from point A to point B. So don't penalize me and say I can't play anymore. So at the last month, and Vince knows what I'm saying, at the last month, after all our young guys that got hurt, they said, just go hoop. I said, I get to go hoop? They said, yeah, I averaged 30. You can look it up. The month of April, I averaged 31 points and six assists off the bench. And we won half the games. So I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, well, I at least showed I can get another year out of this thing. So I think that's why it was such an, an, an outcry for me personally when I, when I didn't get signed. Because how did somebody score 50 points and not get a job the next year? After he's proven he's a solid individual, like he's good off the court. Like, so that, you that did, was you did in all a month. the right in a month. things. In a month. That's hard to do. That was my highest score month of my career. Were- Clipper days, Knicks days, whatever. 31 points for six off the bench. What, so that was the outcry. What era do you do you remember the most? What era, era do you think is, if we were to say Jamal Crawford's legacy, what era was that for you? Honestly, I think people would say the Clippers just because we were the better team. Yeah. But I love playing in New York. I was putting in work in New York, but we just weren't, we weren't just weren't good. And for me, the NBA was more fun personally 
because it was more physical. It was more of a men's league. So if you could really go average 27, 28 like Vince, you were, it wasn't no gifts. It wasn't like you were getting all free throws or somebody's letting you happen or you had all this space. You had to earn it. Mm -hmm. So for me, even being an offensive player, I didn't play no defense, but even being an offensive player, (laughs) I wanted to see if my offense could work against the tougher defenses. And, uh, you know, I want the challenge. So that era for me, 2000, 2010 era before the game kind of flipped a little bit. That was like my favorite to be a part of and see the Vince Carters and the Tracy McGrady's and Allen Iverson's. And the Kobe Bryant's and Paul Pierce's and match up with these guys. That was my favorite. Those are the guys I'm saying are like not just the best of the generation, they're the best of all time. So I got a chance to see all these guys up close. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's crazy hearing your like mindset and the way you can think about the game and all the different eras you can talk about because you know you both have had 20 season career, 20 year careers. And that's why we love to hear from you, Jamal. Like, I see you doing these alternative broadcasts. Sure. You're Emmy-nominated. Um, you do podcasts. You do shows. Everybody's calling on you from the top players in the league to the top networks in the, in the country to talk about basketball. So I just want to know, are you new media? <laughs> are you the new media? Everybody, you know what? what is new media? Everybody's talking about it now. You know what I'm going to say? You know, I need a definition. You know what I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say to that? I'm not old media. I'm not new media. I'm true media. Because I'm true to the game. Okay. I'm true to the game. I'm true to the game of basketball. I'll never cheat the game. Using it. Yep. And you, why wouldn't you, VC? Hey, that's a little web, Jim. Go ahead and take that. A little innuendo. Go ahead and keep that. Using yeah, it. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm true media. What's it's, true I'm media? true to the game. Just being true to the game. And I think, I think that's why people enjoy having me on their platforms, because I'm not trying to ever knock anybody. I'm not trying to belittle yeah, a generation. Protect our guys. I'm trying to protect the game. And the truth in the game, because I owe this game everything. Like, I wouldn't be talking to you guys if I didn't have that little round ball with me my whole life. You know what I mean? So, uh, I'm true to the game, and that's, that's who I am. And I like that. And that's, that's kind of my, my approach. And I want to protect us. I mean, because we play this game, through our, and we, 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 we make mistakes, we do these. But, you know, as long as your intentions are in the right place, you know, yeah. you, you, sh- you shall be supported by, by me and, and someone like you. So, I, I think... I love it. I mean, that's just that's what it is. It's just trying to protect the game. And that was my my interest and why I enjoyed being on this other side now. Like, like oh, you're part of the media. Who are you gonna be? And it wasn't like trying to be somebody. It's like I, I knew who who I, I know who I am, and I know what I I want to get out and and who I want to protect. And that's the players. I mean, I want to call it like I see it, and 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 just not. Show the favoritisms, but I mean, you know, you have your guys that you like, you have your situations that you like, but at the same time, let's just let's talk about it like we see it. Let's call it absolutely. Like we see it. And, and 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 I think you have more of appreciation for it. And I'm and that's why a lot of times, you guys, I never watch games with announcers on. I usually watch games with music on, so I can get lost in what I'm truly seeing. I don't want to be influenced mm. because when you're talking the game, oh, man. when you're talking the game, you're teaching it, and you, you got to teach the right things. You got to teach the real fabric of what we're seeing. Yo, I love you and, so and, much. And Ma, that, real quick, yeah, yeah, and Ma, that goes back to what you said about about you know you getting a job and and what we you know what are you seeing as opposed to what your your age say? Right. It should be a testament to 
and a, te- a testament to you for and, and for guys who play that. Who cares if you're old enough? When they're on the floor, are they productive? Right. Do does 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 your productivity of your team go up or go down? You know, I, I don't really get into the the, the plus minus because no. like you can you can you can get a, a player out there who doesn't do anything and plus minus their plus look good look great. But it's like, what do you do when you're out there? And that was the frustrating thing for me. It's like you said age. It's like, oh, he's 43. There's no way he should be playing. But I am. But I am. And when I get out there, what are, what are you seeing? Am I hurting the team or helping the team? Can I still play? Because it got it got to the point where, you know, I, some teams are looking like, yeah, we would love to have you, but we got to see what our young guys. But then you get frustrated when your young guys are out there and they don't know what they're doing. So I think sometimes we just got to bring them along and nurture them and teach them the game because we sometimes we just got to draft them and we got to throw them out there. And, and VC and Raza, the thing about it is, you don't learn to be a pro until you get pros around you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what you don't know. And that's in any field. That's if you're at Microsoft. Period. That's if you're at Amazon. That's if you're in the NBA. Right? Like, Roz, if you can go learn from Robin Roberts. or who, Like, what better mentor to have than that? So I don't get it yeah. to help the young people with their products. I didn't get that until I had Charles Oakley and Rick Brunson and Scottie mm-hmm. Pippen. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, I should be dressed in a certain way. Yeah. Oh, I can't eat McDonald's no more. Oh, being on time is actually being early. I didn't know that. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to learn that type. That type of thinking. I had stinking thinking. You know what I mean? So I was thinking like a kid. I was thinking like a kid. I went to college for half a year and, and I had to learn those things. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. I mean, even if you look at how what you're surrounded by can make you better at your professional career, look at Andrew Wiggins, right? Like exactly. fit, scenario, yes. situation. Yep. But And they needed each other there. For and, sure. and it's absolutely a two-way street. But just to finish up on the, mm-hmm. on the broadcast and though, like, this whole conversation around new media, true media, which you just coined, um, you know, it's different because I know you guys started doing a lot more talking more towards like the ends of your careers. You got guys straight up in the prime, like getting knocked out of playoffs and going on to ESPN. You got CJ McCollum signing deals, Pat Beverly. There was a lot of drama around, you know, Draymond Green's very popular podcast during the NBA finals. And, um, and you guys are true OGs and, and your thoughts are respected, Jamal. Like, how do you see that? And I, I, even me as a, as a player, coming from a player mindset, I guess I'm happy for my teammate to be multifaceted, especially if he's very talented. Um, you know, we're more than basketball players. But there might, if, especially if we fight in for all the marbles, there might be some lines that I'd be worried if they got crossed during that time or how focused you are. But... Um, I'm more curious about what guys like you think about these in the moment um, players, you know, talking on the media side. Yeah, I, obviously it shows that there's a demand of players that, that need to be heard. People want to hear from them. And I get that and I understand it. Uh, me personally, when the playoffs came, I shut my Twitter down. I wasn't on it. I was I just didn't want to have any clouded thoughts. I didn't want to have to respond to people. I didn't want people to say, oh, Crawford, you missed this shot and had me thinking on the court, man, maybe I shouldn't take this shot. Just get my, in my mind frame. Certain people obviously continue to do it. Draymond did it. And obviously his podcast is blown up. Uh, I think personally, um, I wouldn't have done it. I w- that's just me though. I mean, I didn't talk much when I played. I, like, that's why nobody saw me. That's why I'm like, you're, you're, you're Hooper's Hooper. I never really talked too much. And I think that's why people actually like having me on their platforms now because they're hearing things and hearing from me because I didn't talk often. Like I, have, I play with Blake and Chris and they're the superstars. And I'm like, I'll star in my role. I'll be six man. You guys get all the attention. I'll slide through the back door. And I was perfectly fine with that. Um, so that's the way I would have went about things. I would have kind of shut down for the playoffs. Obviously, 
Draymond's like, you know what? I can walk into bubblegum. So he chose to go that way. And I'll knock him for that either. They end up winning the championship. So as Draymond said, y'all going to get this podcast. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he got. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to add just and to me, I, I, I have no problem with it as long as, like you said, Roger, they, they you know, cross the line. And because, it, you know, you think about it, it's not like he's doing it before, right before the game and his focus is not whatever. He's doing it after the game. So, you know, uh, uh, what do we do after the game sometime anyway? We decompress. We, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, man, he should be going to work on his game. But, like, let's, you know, man, come on, guys. Like, He's going to talk about it with somebody. He's going to talk about it with somebody. You know, so, I mean, yeah. So, it, yeah, so I, I just, I, you know, it, it's a way to kind of get it out there and kind of refocus. I, I think everybody, like, approaches it different. Like you say, like, when you were younger, you would, after games, where were you going? Probably going to go to McDonald's or whatever. Exactly. Instead of go to stretch. But when you were older, at the end, you like, bro, I can't do that. Uh-uh. I got to go stretch. I got to get the I got to get some whole foods. I got to get some water. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I got to get some water in my system. I got to make sure I get on that Normatec. Right, right. You know, all of these different things. Right. Where the trade? I need somebody to stretch. Exactly. You know, it's just, so it's just all of these things, whatever yep. gets you focused and locked in. And I still think he's locked in. And he showed that because of, uh, outside of the, 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 you know, get it into with Boston, he showed that he can actually refocus and be get locked in and still do it as well. Right. Which he was, like he said, he said, I was doing it all year. Nobody had a problem. Right. But the time that something goes wrong, we just look at him. So, I mean. Few people are as. I say do it. Few people are as dynamic as Draymond Green and CJ McCollum. And Patrick Beverly certainly was very entertaining when he came on first take. Like, for me, I just be like, as long as you're handling your business and, you know, you have the respect of your teammates in the locker room, do what you do because you're much more than just a basketball player. Um, but the, the media scene is certainly interesting right now um, for who the participants are. And of course, because it's also free agency time. So, uh, Jamal, we need, we need your thoughts right now on. Let me get them. The biggest story uh, in free agency is what's going on in Brooklyn with the Nets. And I know you spent, you know, yeah. some time there, a season. You. Um, are very well respected by a number of the participants in all of the drama. And um, I'm just throw throw up a lot. Like, what do you make of all of this? It's a lot. Um, Obviously, the Kyrie situation was something that we kind of had a feeling it would come to the forefront at some point. Obviously, it was was a story all year. The Kevin situation is what threw me off because – just before, the day before, if you look at it, the timing of it, Kyrie's like, okay, I'm opting in. I'll see you guys in the fall. Mm-hmm. The next day, Kevin's like, or well, he didn't come out and say, yeah, but, you know, they're saying that he's like, I want out of here. Wait. And so that part. Wait, of- I need to know. Were they, are, do you think they're in cahoots? Did they work together? What do, you, what do you think happened there in that moment that you're pointing out of confusion? That's the part where I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> I, and I'm not saying, I really cannot put my finger on it. I'm like, Cause I'm looking at the time and I'm like, well, why would he announce then? Mm-hmm. But then you never know. Cause then I hear maybe they want to pair back up somewhere else. It's not Brooklyn. You know what I mean? So I, I, that part is the tricky part. And if I was in that locker room, I'd be able to tell you, but right now I, I don't know. Can I, I really don't know. That's hey, that's the, hey, that's the hard part of being on the outside looking yeah, in right? that, not that locker room, yeah. but we can't give this. Yeah, I don't know school. this high school. So yeah, exactly. can I ask you more hard hitting questions about your yes, can, opinions, not on what anybody else is doing? Yes, but I have two minutes because they're about to start the game. So that's okay. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, Go for it. We'll do it quick. um, Do you think that Kevin should continue to to want to play with Kyrie? Like, do you think that 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 has seen its course? 
I think Kevin should do what's best for him. Kevin's such a giver. If you know him, he's always worried about other people, thinking about other people, then he worries about himself last. I think he should worry about himself and put himself first. Whatever will bring him happiness, I think he should do. How do, you, how do we reflect if both players end up not on the nets or one is gone, but that era of them together is over? How do you reflect on the time spent during this experiment with the nets? I, to be honest with you, I would look at the nets first. Mm -hmm. The fact you had Harden, Kyrie, and KD, and three of these guys are gone the year. I'm not looking at the players. I'm looking at them first. What is going on there? And I'm going to give them a a deeper look at what's going on. Did the Nets mishandle things here and how they handled Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? It appears so. It absolutely appears so. Because these are three superstars. These are three like generational talents and they all went out mm. within a year. Mm -hmm. That's 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 something to look at. Yeah. Give us I'm a I'm a say what's one thing about each player because of how you know them. What do we okay. know about what do we need to know as a public about the true spirit intention and character, the character of Kevin Durant. He's a pro's pro. He's someone who cares about people. If Kevin Durant was mean, he could average 40 points. But he averages 30 because it's the right way to do things. He, he's always thinking about others first. He's one of the special talents and people are like, oh, he's too emotional, he's too sensitive. Nah, he's real. Mm -hmm. Because if he didn't show that, like, I don't hear you guys, I don't, he'd be like, oh, this is, He's just blowing us off or whatever. No, he's giving you real emotion every single time. I would say he's like one of the realest. Yes, I would say he's one of the realest. He's one of the realest. And what about realest. What about Kyrie Irving from what you know of him and what you see of him as a, as a fellow player, his character uh, as a teammate and player? What do you think people need to know? Character is top notch. Uh, he cares about another one that cares about people. I think that's the common bond between them. They're very similar that way. Kyrie is... He's very artsy. Mm. So when he's playing basketball, he doesn't look at himself as playing basketball. He's looking like he's painting pictures, like he's an artist. He thinks like an artist. He really does. So with artists, you have this canvas. I may draw over here, maybe red. I draw over here, it's blue. But you're like, red and blue don't go together. Those are Crips and Bloods, this, <laughs> this and that. They don't go together. He's like, no, nah, they go together in my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, like Kanye. Like he's, he's a genius in that way, he's an artist. All right, I'll finish on this. So hearing you describe Kyrie Irving as an artist, do you feel he's misunderstood feel in some ways? Very much so. Or because does he need to be held accountable? Which way would you go with that? I think he's misunderstood more than he needs to be held accountable. I think, obviously, when you sign a contract, you have to show up and perform. I get that part. But he's misunderstood because when you're an artist to that degree, you see things differently anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's not normal to see things. Like Tupac, for example. He didn't see things like a normal rapper would. He saw it differently. He's, and they say when you're a genius, you're this close to being crazy. Like you're a little out of touch because you have to think differently to be a genius. You can't think the same as everybody else. And last story I'm gonna say, Roz, last story I'm gonna say, Roz, never told Vince Carter's story. We're in, the, uh, wait, we're in the weight room. It's his last year. I say, VC, go do the dunk contest. He's like, whoa. I said, VC. Oh, I yes. said, VC, go do one dunk. Go do a windmill and walk off. I said, you'll shut down Twitter and be in shambles. He's like, boy, oh, I got something to do. Or, I forgot. I said, just do one dunk, one windmill and walk he off. Did. Put yourself in a dunk contest. I never told that story. I was saving it for the <laughs> VC show. Hey, you did. You did. Absolutely I did. remember that. I was like, man, you crazy. I said, hey, and you almost convinced me. And I was like, nah, bro. I, I tried. I tried. I tried. I did. I yeah. Did. Hey, I just got one more thing. And I know you got to go. Free agency, with all of the free agency moves so far to date, what was the biggest surprise for you? 
The biggest surprise, I would say, was Zion. Was it Rudy Gobert, maybe? John Wall? Zion's. P.J. Tucker, Zion? Zion's left the contract. Mm. Like, obviously, I know that he's a superstar and a young superstar as well. But I was just surprised because there was some talk, would he get all five years? You know, obviously being hurt a lot. But seeing all five years, obviously, they saw as an asset. He's young enough. He puts people in the seats. He deserved the money for sure. I was just surprised the length of it. That was probably my biggest surprise. And the last one to close. Shout out to Darius Garland. I'm happy for that young fella. Yes, sir. But what? But you ready? I'm ready. What happens to What happens to Colin Sexton? Ooh, I think Darius Garland. What? If I'll put it this way, happens? it's Darius Garland's team now. Ooh. Whatever fits exactly. with him best is his team now. Also. And then you. Hey, it's Darius yeah. Garland's team now. If you fit Sexton, cool. If you don't, we have to move on. It's Darius Garland's team now. And I'm so happy for Dejounte Murray. Whoop. That's my guy, little bro. Yeah, right. Little bro, he's gonna rep in A for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you that's, for pulling up. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate oh, it. Oh man, you're you're a pros pro. Appreciate you. I man. appreciate you thinking about Go me. Go coach yourself to yeah, win. I'm going to get the win. I'm going to get the win. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yes. Salute. All right. Peace. All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app ever, and honestly, the only one you need. It's not just about the big bonuses and boosts and promos that you get. It's the fact that every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you're earning towards the types of perks only Caesars can offer, free stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. That's because when you download the Caesars Sportsbook app, you become a Caesars Rewards member, and that means perks. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Man, that was really great to hear from Jamal Crawford. You know, it's very clear why he's your favorite Hooper's favorite Hooper and Emmy nominated as a journalist now. Um, True media really can break down the game so well. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's, it's easy. He's an easy listen. That's, that's what it is. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you know, everybody knows Jamal. And like you said, he doesn't talk much. But when he talks, you listen. Because, I mean, his approach, his delivery, and what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Like, he drops gems, literally drops gems, just like he was mm-hmm. dropping buckets, you know. Like, he should be in the league, Roz. I'm sorry. Like, still to this yeah. day, he should be in this league. Yeah, no, absolutely. He got robbed, um, honestly, of, of some extra years of his career. But it was beautiful to hear him talk about closure. And both of y'all actually to wax poetic about kind of, you know, walking out of one phase of your life and into another, which is fatherhood and, and, and just more even even deeper dive into that side of your life. And yeah. it was kind of cool to hear him geeking out about you. Yeah, man. <laughs> do you do that from a lot of players? Do you hear that a lot from a lot of players? Keep it real. I hear from a few. It's, it's, I hear from a few, like a, a few guys, and it's, it's it's great, and it's an honor. It's a pleasure. Like I say, I just try to, you know, I love the game. Just try to do the game and play it the right way. Um, obviously, you're not going to satisfy everyone throughout your career, and, and the sooner, as a as a young player, you understand that. I think you're you're able to kind of grow in this game um, personally and as a professional players too. I think you stand out. And he was absolutely spot on as one of those guys, you know, that even you even make other professional athletes feel like, oh, shoot, that's Vince Carter. And I think that has a lot to do with your character, <laughs> with your character, too. You know, some guys move on for the game, but some stand, you know, as legends forever and transcend, you know, the generations they played with. And you're certainly one of those. Um, and I And I feel that for him, too. And I think that's why he's able to speak so candidly about 
um, the league and, and also his proximity to it, his, his comments on the Nets, um, I think was a perspective that we hadn't heard so well articulated just yet. And we were rushing him through because he had to go get to coaching his son's game. But I wanted to make sure to also come back and tap, tap in with you on your thoughts on the Nets. And, you know, Jamal had pointed out, um, so uh, things I thought were interesting was he points out that um, we should we we might need to look at the Nets organization and leadership and and discuss why superstars are trying to flee from there. He pointed Three. out the high right Hall of Fame superstars. He yeah. pointed out the high character. I asked him what he, what he thought of Kevin Durant, and he spoke sincerely from the heart on him, and then compared Kyrie to an artist that he said. More, more is un- misunderstood than he needs to be held accountable. And so I thought those were interesting thoughts from somebody we respect. Curious your thoughts on how we should be looking at accountability, period. And that's, accountability. That's where I was going with that. I, I, I think he, yes, KD is misunderstood. Kyrie is misunderstood as well as James Harden at that point at times are misunderstood but the accountability of it all matters it matters and like one thing he said is when you sign that contract you have to honor your contract and you have to you know your availability matters and that's something that matters to the organization and i understand his side of it and you know we we enjoy when Kyrie's on the floor he's electric and it's been well documented by everyone who's had something to say about him we're not questioning him as a player we want to see him often. We want to see more because I, I feel, I think you said it. I think many, everybody said he's available more. It's a different Brooklyn Nets result. Maybe not a championship, but they're not out of the first round. I think that, that they don't put themselves in positions where they're limping to the finish line before the, uh, the, the, the play, I mean, so before the playoffs start. So I just think the accountability um, matters. And, you know, I I, I kind of like what because I'm every time I answer these questions I'm trying to put myself on the organizational side as well, and I like the fact that Sean Marks was is coming out and establishing their culture because when you're a GM you're a new GM and you have your own organization now, you have to set ground rules you have to put your foot down you have to establish who we are going to be as an organization just like as a coach this is how we're going to play. And what's the do's and don'ts and what's allowed and what's not. And maybe that was not done initially. And now they're trying to kind of reel it in and saying, hey, 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 accountability, we, we, availability, accountability and availability. And, and, and because you're two guys, well, at that point, two guys now, but let's say that there are three guys that matter to their organization and the success of their organization. And they have, because of so much money, maybe they didn't have the supporting cast where they can just miss these guys. And we started to see that as they weren't available, they just weren't as good. And then James Harden leaves, and they're still not as good. So it's just important. So if I'm an organization and I think if I have a job, that's number one, you have to set the, the ground rules of how we're going to run, how this organization is going to run. Sean Marks came from San Antonio. Well, it's understood from many, many years ago, how things go to San Antonio. When you go to San Antonio, it's no question. It's no guessing of what it's like or what's going to happen or how things work in San Antonio. As opposed to when you, you're bringing in GM every couple of years or bringing in a new coach, 
you're starting to figure it out. And now sometimes we as players, I'm like, all right, well, we're going to try this. We're going to do it like this. Oh, we, we don't need a coach. We can coach this. Oh, we don't need this. Because it was never, no boundaries or no ground rules were never set to where you felt like you can say that. If you already knew you couldn't say that, you wouldn't say it. You know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, to come back to what Jamal Crawford was saying, and I know this to be true of KD from, I've, you know, known him a bunch of years. And from what I know of him, he really loves the game and respects the craft, respects those that came before him, you know, is on the court unless literally injury keeps him off of it. Um, I think he plays it the right way. Um, you know, the conversations about um, people's personalities and how they express themselves, I don't, I don't think that factors into conversations of how talented a player is or how they should be in the GOAT combo. Like, actually, I'll throw this one on you because while discussing Kevin Durant, um, I know that Isola and some other people were making commentary on his leadership and what this situation reflected of his leadership. Should he have called out Kyrie Irving? Did he need to tell Kyrie Irving what to do? And I'm just curious your thoughts on that. And then the bigger question is, to be considered one of the great players of all time, does leadership have anything to do with that? And my opinion was, no. I don't think even to be a great player, you have to be the best leader. There are plenty of players who aren't even the best who that lead are great by leaders. example. Yes, I played with a few right. great point guards who, who didn't lead by verbally. They led by example. So I, I, I definitely believe in that. And, and, and who's to say that they didn't have their conversation? Because I think the, the one thing, Roz, to me, and this is just me and my perspective on it, a, a, a guy coming from, prior, coming from an era prior to social media, we, we tend to see things now, and when we want a response from somebody, we, we expect them to go to social media and put it out there for us all to see. Mm-hmm. And I've used the example before about, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Terrence Ross honoring me wearing my jersey in the dunk contest. And the first thing that was asked about me was where people were saying, I can't wait to see what Vince is going to say. I can't wait to see Vince's tweet or response to them. And I just, I just not, I just never was good at that. I just never felt like I needed to go to social media to appease everyone else. Instead, I wanted to go to that person. I went to Donovan Mitchell personally, and I went to Terrence Ross and personally thanked them. Now, if they chose to, you know, talk about that on social media, cool. So who, who's to say that they did not have a conversation? I feel like they're, they're boys enough to say, hey, man, we need you. And KD's kind of the guy, like, he kind of said it. Like, I respect his decision. And, like, we want, you know... Stephen A. is well documented about what he wanted KD to say. A lot of people say what they wanted or what we all wanted or we felt KD should say about the situation because maybe that's how they would handle it. But there again, those there's there's leaders, guys who are who are great in their role. And I played with guys like J. Kidd. J. Kidd is one of the one of the best point guards to ever do it. But verbally, it wasn't his thing. But he led by Ooh. example. But when he had something to say, you listen. Steve right. Nash. Steve Nash didn't, wasn't all the rah-rah always talking in this. But when he had something to say, Dirk, when they had something to say, you say, uh-oh. Hey, something, something they unmuted the box because they're talking. And they listen. But they led Ooh. by example. Their approach. How they, they, they handle themselves. How do they prepare it? You you understood it, and then you had other guys who did that for him. So you put those guys around them. So uh, you know Draymond and Steph. Mm-hmm. Like Steph, Steph is not really the the verbal leader. Yes, he talks it at, at at times. Draymond's that guy for them. 
you know, so you you have guys that 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 are stars in the role that do their job to make the team run and work. So who did outside? So if Kevin Durant, outside of that, who else did they have on that team that to to be that verbal leader? Maybe KD is not that guy. What are your general thoughts about how we should reflect on the time spent with the Nets here between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? It didn't work. It just it's just. The, the true reality, it didn't work, and it's unfortunate. When you look at that talent, you know, I look at, I, even when, with James Harden, I look at that team with those those three guys alone, and I look at it, I think of the Lakers when they had Carmelo, Gary Payton, Shaq, and Kobe. Like, you just said, you have all the talent, and they just didn't get it done. But they were able to go, you know, work further. But it just, it just, it didn't work because you said something that makes a lot of sense that, Maybe even management tends to forget. You, you you get enamored about the talent and bringing those guys in, but you have to face the reality of the who they are and say, hey, we need a guy to tie this all together. You look at the yeah. Miami Heat. You have all of that talent here, t- talent there, but you have a guy in Udonis Haslam, who I mentioned earlier, to tie it all together. The 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 leader, the guy that they respect in the locker room when he speaks. You know, he's speaking from the heart. He's speaking for the good of the team and guys who respect him. Like, okay, I see you. I got what you're saying. Did they have that? And maybe the organizers felt like we have guys who have been around the game long enough to do that. But it's 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 funny. Is you know, when things are going well, guys will talk and communicate. Right. But when things aren't going well and thing when things are shaky, that's when you you're figuring out who's going to be your voice of reason in your locker room. Yeah. And that's when yeah. that's what I felt like they didn't have any because you can have young guys speak up all you want, but it's a respect thing too when it comes to that. You know, it's just the yeah. reality of it. It's like a young guy, and you appreciate that, and you want them to continue to to have that quality. It's just it's unfortunate when you're a first second year guy not playing much, trying to motivate stars, stars. And and also, you know, to be fair here too, the the, the Nets came into a really this era of Nets basketball came into an odd situation, like a pandemic, Kevin Durant coming off of injury, injury. Uh, you know, James Harden injury, COVID disruptions, Kyrie Irving, you know, nobody as much as you tough decisions on, yeah. on, on should he or should he have not taken the vaccine? Nobody could have predicted when they decided to come here, this whole situation even being an issue in fairness. So like there's a lot of factors that, yeah, we're out of their control too that made this era not work for the Nets. Mm -hmm. But overall, for the Nets franchise, the period will be looked back on as a a debacle, Um, you know, to usher in great talent and have it come out um, with so little, unless in these trades it bears fruit to something that, you know, in five years' time becomes a championship contender. But in the moment, um, you know, the, the Nets who were at one point, you know, being put in headlines, would they jockey to become New York's team? Would they would they bust out, you know, uh, decades of of Knicks fans who had been Knicks hurt? Fans, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like is this the is this the future of New York? They got, you know, they got Barclays, Jay Z up in there, everything. And for it to end um, this way is so what's the word? Anticlimactic? Um and unfortunate. Or, unfortunate and nobody looks great and you know what else makes it really hard Vince and the two are not connected but it's natural to connect this 
the Warriors go on and win a championship, and they're probably poised to contend for the next few years. Like if the Warriors, every year the Warriors contend for a championship, there's going to be a narrative that KD wasn't there for it. And and then even, it's funny, look how the basketball gods will do things. Then the Celtics were in the finals. Like they just, and you know, they're bringing a Malcolm Brogdon. Like, you know, shoot, that they might find themselves back in the finals. Just imagine just the nature of, of us as human beings and as storytellers. The two teams these guys both left go on to have be fertile and bear many fruit of success for years after while they mm-hmm. go in this direction. And it's still going to stand tall. You know, wherever they these guys land, they're still going to stand tall. You know, that's what's crazy about all of this. And I okay. have to ask. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm going to ask you. So, and then we're going to we'll end on this. Um, and I, it's an annoying, terrible media question. This is an old media question. But... Uh-oh. When these are two men who have uh, nothing to prove. They're champions um, and KD's finals MVP, two of the greatest at their position. But when we look at the book of their careers, will this chapter um, blemish them? Um, I think it's something that will be in the front of our minds right now. It'll be a blurt. But the, the, the fortunate thing for these two superstars, they're not on the back end of their career. They're going to move on to continue playing, and as they do great things, and KD, Kyrie put up 50 points again, and this, that, we're going to, tend, we're going to talk about it, but we can quickly forget it. And, you know, Ky- anywhere KD goes, they're going to be a contender. So they're going to always have a chance regardless. And, and and depending, you know, how things work out for Kyrie the rest of his career and who he's playing for, yeah. But he's a, such a dynamic player, and you got to respect his ability on the court. I think it is a blemish. It is an unfortunate thing, and it's going to be talked about. But I think at some point people are going to forget that. Not, I don't think forget because it was such a – I mean, it's a time, obviously, the pandemic and what the pandemic has done to the world, to the game, and this, that odd time that'll be talked about. But they're going to go on to, like I said, continue to score points, reach milestones to where, you know, we're going to continue to give them their flowers. And, you know, obviously this is – I think a lot of it will follow Kyrie a little more than KD, in my opinion, until we see otherwise. Yeah. The availability. So that's what I think. Fascinating. Oh, never a dull day in free agency. I know. <laughs> but speaking of free agency, I got to ask you, we got to talk about this because I know we talk about it all day, you know, in our other jobs <laughs> throughout the day. What I, I asked Jamal, but I'm going to ask you, what was the move or signing that surprised you? Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously everything happening with the net. Um, I guess maybe not surprised. I mean, outside but, of that, outside of that, yeah. Right, right. I mean, every signing. Maybe not surprised, mixing. but I'm I am interested and, and happy to see that Warriors getting everybody paid. Everybody from the Warriors getting paid right yeah. now. Gary Payton got his money. Uh, Kevon Looney got his money. Uh, Otto Juan Porter got, got a little money. On his, yeah, just got on, yeah. on his way. Got him a little deal. Like uh, Damian Lee spread his wing and fly, and and he leaving the Curry nest and and doing his thing too. Like. Um, so that's been exciting to see all those good people, uh, do well. I'm thrilled and I think it'll be a good thing. I believe so 
to bring DeJounte Murray to the to the Hawks. And and I should be asking you what you think about that. But I love that pairing. I have questions. I, I, I have questions uh, that a little defense. Bring that in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is one. And I, I, I think Trey's the X factor. Here's why. He's so used to being the primary ball handler. The Hawks are bringing in an all-star point guard that you're going to turn into probably a two guard. I mean, maybe they'll switch on and off. If Trey is willing to allow DeJounte to be the all-star guard and player that he is, it can work. And it can remind you, ladies and gentlemen, I said remind you. I didn't say (laughs) it's going to be like. It can remind you of a Dame Lillard, CJ McCullough type of backcourt if they can make this work. Very dynamic. Guys can because Dame was able to allow CJ to be the uh, the the dynamic scorer that he was, and they took off. And they were such a hard guard. Like you didn't want to go to Portland to guard these guys because CJ understood who Dame was, but Dame also understood who CJ was, and they worked together. If they can do that, and then you put pieces around that, it I I will really really like this 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 uh, pickup. And my other takeaway would be. Um, when I have my kids and I have uh, a son one day or sons, whatever, free agency is a great reminder of how I'm going to put that, put a ball right in their hands. We going straight to the layup line. We doing shooting drills. We watching film and look, my kid don't even got to be the best player. Honestly, all I had to do was get him to be a, a, a contributing role player level, uh, elite re- level reliable as a, Reliable, reliable because that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And he don't even have to be that talented. With my IQ and, you know, my Nigerian athleticism and hopefully find, you know, a mating partner. He got a little bit of height on him. Look, we can have us at least, you know, shoot, you see these contracts? Look, <laughs> this is, hey. as a woman's basketball player, I, I was just talking to some of my, my homegirls that play ball. We was like, damn, these they're making crazy bread over there. These contracts are nuts. Contracts that used to be reserved, like a hundred million, used to be reserved for like you know the Kobe Bryant of the day. Now this yeah, is like you could be a bench warmer and be making a hundred million contract now, like honestly. And then now, and you have, now to, everybody's getting two hundred twenty million dollar contracts. Yeah, I talked to <laughs> uh, you know some of the guys you know that came in around my time, you know the the older guys, and I'm just like, just imagine, man, like. Just imagine, like like you just said, like the money that's thrown around now. I mean, obviously, it's just the, the world is different. And TV revenue, just the, the popularity of the game, and it's kudos to these guys, and I'm happy about right. them getting the money. I remember coming in as a young guy, getting you know an extension, getting a, a, a five-year deal, and hearing the old guys, MJ and all those guys, like, man, bro, like, y'all, the money y'all making now is crazy. So and like right. now I'm finding myself saying that, and I, you know, I support it. I'm happy for them, and it's just crazy. Missing it. I mean, obviously, being in the league and and near the end while these guys are getting that, I'm just like, man, if I could have just pulled out three more years, like I said, I could have just, I could have got a nice little deal just being, you know, like I said, a supporter and a mentor and the voice of the locker room, like we talked about. I could do that. I could, hey, yeah, I can help all your superstar players. Like, look, hey, man, what we doing here, guys? I I, I I can raise a voice of the locker room. I definitely have that somewhere locked up in here. But um, I, I, we're joking, halfway. But in Somewhere. God's time, God's timing is yeah, all, no, is it's all just, knowing. It's, it's all knowing. But I, we joke, but we be half serious. 
we're like, yo, are we going to we're going to put a ball in these kids' hands. They're going to learn Man. how to dribble or something. We're going to learn today. We're going to learn today. <laughs> and the last two things, I'm like, like, what do you think about the John Wall thing? Uh, and, and I'm, I'm, and there again, me, I'm, I'm thinking about the basketball side. Like, what does that do for Reggie Jackson? Do you now bring him off the bench? Uh, uh, you know, I, I think Reggie was amazing. I'm interested to see John Wall and how he fits in with this this squad. Uh, as the at the lead guard, I sound old when I say lead guard. At the point guard, no, I like um, lead guard because point guard is an outdated term with the way that everybody's so interchangeable, you know. Yeah, so but, I, I, I'm curious with that and just to kind of see him. He look, I see some video. Look like he has his explosiveness. Yeah, uh, I'm just happy to see him on the court, you know, and get a and chance. They to will play. play faster. They will play faster. I will say you that. I mean, and that's a good thing for them uh, that allow you know PG and Kawhi to kind of now play in open space more because you get out in transition, let John Wall get easy baskets, which is needed in the playoffs, and then now you can get the ball into those guys' hands with a little freedom. What happens to Reggie Jackson then? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. And I I think Reggie is a guy who's able to adjust and and understand his role, but he emerged. Mm -hmm. He was so important to the Clippers this year. Big, Big shots, big numbers. I mean... 30 points after 30 point games and clutch. I mean, he it clutch on both ends. Like he was a guy. He they were putting the ball in his hands to knock down shots or or, or, or to to win games for them. So um, I hope they're able to make that work. And lastly, the Rudy Gobert trade. Uh, you knew it was writing on the wall, but did you think Minnesota? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. It, it was Windhurst was Windhurst the only person who saw the writing on the wall? <laughs> Actually. Right. That's one of my favorite things that has come out of free agency for anybody who's a part of NBA Twitter. Ryan Windhorst, uh, Wendy, getting the meme treatment for waxing poetic about what may or may not be happening in Utah and then being vindicated by the Rudy Gobert trade. I mean, it, it seems like they're, you know, blowing the thing up. Is that what's happening? It's, 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 it's interesting. It's, I'm, well, let me rephrase it. I'm more interested to see how Minnesota how this works in Minnesota. I, I think they go back to the twin tower look, which was obviously in my era when I walked in, you, you always had two bigs on the team. That, that's great, but the league is transcending into playing faster. And Rudy Gobert you know, can't get up and down the court, but pick and roll situations. I'm putting Rudy in, in situations where I can get him away from the rim so we can get layups. And, you know, so I, I'm going to try my best to make. And then that's what teams can get messed up. So if Minnesota is able to, counter that they will be successful but I'm going to make them have to play small ball because of the dynamic you know how dynamic Rudy is defensively so um it's just going to be an interesting watch I think they have a lot of talent and I tell you what defensively you don't have to be a great defense a defensive player you just got to make sure you you push some baseline to that big fella and help him out on the glass or boxing out a big because he's going to block everything so he's going to get every rebound but uh, you know, that's going to be the formula that they're going to see. Obviously, they're prepared for it. you you got to play faster. You're going to have to put, put the big fella in a lot of pick and rolls and see what happens. So, and on a Donovan, go ahead. You got, two, you got two styles of bigs there, too. I mean, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns are very different players. Uh, right. So, but I want to see Carl Anthony Towns at the five and right. somebody else at the four instead of that big guy. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. Although I think it could open up Carl to, you know, play – the finesse game he likes to get to sometimes and 
No, you know, no, offensively. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> and I'm, I'm putting, I'm, I'm using Gobert like, like, like Doc Rivers used Rondo. I'm putting Gobert down on the, on, in, in below the, below the uh, charge circle and let him eat up the glass, get offensive rebounds and give us extra possessions. That's what he can do. I mean, ultimately, the thing I'm most excited about coming out of Minnesota is Anthony Edwards because he is something. I got to cover him on the sidelines for this playoff run. It was his first playoffs, and that boy wasn't nervous. He was ready. He came out and performed. They didn't win, but he was elite. And I think he's going to be a very, very special player. Um, so I'm very, very excited confident for player. Him. And that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. the one thing about the young guys today. They're, you know, when you think they should be nervous uh, because of the moment uh they're not the game's not too big for them and you know that's also because a lot of them are already celebrities and superstars by the time they're in high school and Mm -hmm. that's also part of the changing technology and landscape and social Mm -hmm. media scape of the game that comes with these young dudes now you know they got platforms they got opinions they got million fan followings they got endorsement deals so it's just you come in with a more um dynamic young player you're already in that moment. I mean, yeah, I agree. You just have to understand the game. But, like, you know, be, because the game now when young guys come in, they get the keys immediately. Mm-hmm. And that is that is empowering for a young guy as opposed to my my first couple of years. My, my first year, I mean, you had to, I mean, not saying that they, you, know, you had to earn it. You weren't just getting the keys to an organization day one like hey yeah okay you know you're the starter no i remember when i got in there like yeah uh, you're gonna be in the, the third team <laughs> you're going with this group and you earn it and, but once i got it i wasn't giving it back vince Miles, i you... wasn't getting it back that's it no this this my this my no i'm saying this is my position forever like i, I was on the third string had to get myself to the second string and once i became a starter and a staple in our offense i wasn't giving that got that you, position got back got yeah. you so, and also the pride you took in probably the work it took just to get there. So, yeah, you're not giving that back. Um, yeah. But I feel like, Vince, if you started your career now, um, I mean, you were so multifaceted mm-hmm. even as a young man. You were doing band. You were into music. You you played multiple sports. Like, you'd have been a TikTok star. You'd have already built out, you know, multiple lines of income and brand recognition. Um, you know, your obviously your athleticism and marketability once you got to the league would have taken off, but you'd have been the prototype of the kid that's here today in modern NBA, modern college basketball. Oh, I can't imagine. You'd have been a billionaire. It's okay. Crazy. It's not too late. I'm not. I'm, about, I'm just about to say that. I said I'm working. I'm trying to. Yeah. Get there. I'm trying to catch up, LeBron. <laughs> I'm trying right. to catch up, homeboy. At KD, I know he close and Shaq right. and all this. Tiger, there's got a couple of people that are read, doing it. Hey, I just read an article. Man, Draymond is life. on his way to being a, a billionaire. He's had some very good investments, and I was like, Doesn't "Look at that! They, he's in the right area." I tell you, they they are that in part. the right area, to, you know, for, to do some great things out there. So you know, Steph, if you watch it, man, I'm gonna come over just to, <laughs> for a couple of months just to hang out, play some golf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Steph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. What up, boy? Uh, well, this was fun. Yes. Well, that's a wrap. That's a wrap for uh, the VC show. Vince Carter, Roz Gold on Woody. Every week we're going to talk about this. We're going to do this. And we're going to have you kicking up your feet like, hey, it's over with already? Yes. Catch us next week. We are gone. Let's go.